0: Good morning, Poplar Springs. It's good to see all of you here today. If you're worshiping with us at home, it's good to have you with us as well. Lots of announcements today. We'd like to start off with a thank you. Yesterday we had our dress drive here, and we're able to give away 136 dresses to people who needed them. Um, thank you for all of you who came. I said we had hundreds, but we really we had thousands. So thank you for helping us to move all of those. Um, we'll let you know next year when we can use your help again. Church council is today at four in the small dining room. If you are a youth planning to go to Caswell, your money is past due, but it's okay. Lots of you haven't paid, but I have to get that to Caswell this week or else we lose our reservation. So if you will please somehow this week, find me and get me that money. We are playing Frisbee today at 5.30 at Garner Webb. Anyone is invited. Adult Bible study continues this week in the study of Revelation with Catherine, and that's at six o'clock in the original couples class which is in the Family Life Center down the hall. Um, This week we start back with youth now that spring break is over and we are all going to be together so please do bring your mask but we've had smaller groups so we should have plenty of space and that's going to be at six o'clock so that we can say everything on Wednesday is at six o'clock and there's no confusion. Next Sunday is our Commitment Sunday. And if you've let us know that you want to be baptized or you'd like to join the church, Catherine has reached out to you by email this week. So please check your email. If you didn't receive an email, if you'll contact one of us. And it's also not too late to decide that you want to commit in some way next week. So please just let us know. Parents of seniors, you also received an email um, last week about uh, scholarship information. So if you'll check your email on that and get back to me. And lastly, Camp Horizon Forms will go out to the schools tomorrow. So this is your last chance to hop out in the hall and grab a form and go ahead and sign up before. It's a free-for-all. We, still, we just have 25 people signed up, but we do have a cap this year. So if you are a church friend and you'd like to go ahead and get on that list, if you will let me know sometime soon. Those are all the announcements. So while Galia plays a prelude, if you haven't had time already to quiet your mind and your heart and prepare for worship Um, Join us as we do that.
1: Isn't it good to know that the good news of Easter is not just for that Sunday, but it's something that we live out each and every day, <clears throat> and how thankful we are that God is still Rolling Stones. As we come to a time of prayer together, I want to mention some prayer concerns. Start off with a praise report. Nadine Johnson is home, so we're thankful for that. Clyde Coon is in the hospital, if he will be praying for him. Please be praying for the family of Chris Beaver and the family of Marcella Beaver. Marcella Beaver is the mother of Sharon Carey. So be praying for Sharon and her family. Would you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? God, it's so wonderful to to be in your house this morning God and to be surrounded by our church family God it's wonderful looking out at the crowd we have here this morning knowing where we were a year ago God we thank you for your constant faithfulness and your presence among us even in the difficult and trying times God we're a weak past Easter but God I pray that our hearts are still joyful God I pray that we would live each and every day as a little Easter God that we would be reminded of what you've done for us through your son Jesus and it would cause us to have peace and joy God this morning as we lift up those who are in pain, who are suffering, who are in need of healing, who are in need of your comfort and your peace. God, we lift these names up to you, knowing that you are here with us, knowing that no prayer that we lift up goes past your ear. God, that you hear our spoken requests. God, that you hear the things that we leave unspoken because you know our hearts. God, as we continue into this time of worship, as Andy comes to bring us a word from you, God, speak to our hearts. Remind us of who you are and who you have been and who you always will be. It's in Christ, name we pray. Amen.
2: Good morning. It's great to see everybody here today. We've got a bunch of folks here. It's good seeing your regular places for most of you. I get confused when I see certain folks out of the place, but this is the time if you want to come visit the church, you can get you a place. Uh, So, cause we're not in our same places. I was reprimanding the Glover family for sitting right over there. I'm confused, Uh, but we're we're getting there. And the coach's corner is well intact over there today. They're well represented. Balcony, you're good to go. So everybody's here. So it's good to see all of y'all. I want you to know that I'll be singing Rise Up you know, all day today. So thank you, Evelyn. Kim thanks you as well. I'll be singing that all day long. Okay, our scripture today comes from John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. John 21, verses 15 through 19. Ministry after the crisis. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Then let's skip to verse 19, where he says, after this, he said to him, follow me, follow me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the privilege of following you. You give us a task, you give us a job to do, and we fail often, but we know that you're there, and we know that you care about us, and you want us to be redeemed and do your work. I pray, Father, that we will seek to do that work, and we'll take advantage of the privilege in, of, of working for you. Even though we're fallible human beings, and even though we make mistakes, Help us see an example in Simon Peter of a person who was redeemed by the love of Jesus Christ and able to do the work he called him to do. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. What a privilege and what a surprise it was. Breakfast on the beach with the risen Savior. Can you imagine what that was like? Jesus was, Jesus was the head cook at the, the fish fry on the beach and they, was having breakfast, they were having breakfast together. Jesus and his disciples finish the meal. They finish the meal. They're relaxing on the beach there. Then Jesus takes a serious tone, gets rather serious, and there's some unfinished business that needs to be taken care of. He needs to take care of some business. Kind of like after church or after a family gathering, when I have said something that's inappropriate, a lot of times this happens, or shared a revelation Kim did not see as humorous. She doesn't take action immediately, but I know there's a talking to coming. There's a talking to coming. It's going to happen. We're going to be riding down the road. She's going to say, Andy, I need to talk to you about something. I know it's going to be bad Peter probably feels this way he probably feels like this maybe everything is okay between he and Jesus on the surface same thing seems to be alright but he's feeling some guilt probably feeling a lot of guilt experiencing some shame probably hoping the subject wouldn't be brought up by Jesus but he's figured it out Jesus owes him a talking to Jesus is going to give him a talking to and then the Savior asked Peter three times Peter do you love me? Peter do you love me? Peter denied Jesus three times. And for full effect, he asked the question three times. Do you love me? The third time, Peter gets a little little defensive. And the Scripture says he was hurt. He was hurt. You would be hurt if Jesus continued to ask you that question, even if you knew what was going on in your life at that time and what you had done, if you'd failed him. He reminds Jesus, you know everything. You know I love you. Even though I made a serious mistake or three, I still love you, Peter says. I still love you jesus talks further to him and then it's as if he as if he said i'm embellishing the scripture a little bit here this is what i want jesus to say peter i'm just messing with you peter i'm just messing with you just follow me just follow me peter made mistakes he made mistakes he made some big mistakes and jesus tells him to follow to tells him to follow What does that mean? What does follow me mean? It it means something to Peter, but it means something to us as well. And that's what we need to look at this morning. What does follow me involve? The first thing Peter had to do was to understand the reality of the situation. Understand the reality of the situation. He was a failure. He had failed Jesus. He didn't live up to his own expectations. Three times he denied any association with Jesus. Three times. Not one, not two, but three times. Three times he lied. He didn't know Jesus. Three times he betrayed his dear friend. Betrayal. Who happened to be God in the flesh. Happened to just be God in the flesh. I guess you could really say Peter messed up. That's an understatement. He messed up. In a very public way. In a humbling way. It was humbling for him. He talked big. He said, I'll I'll never fail you, Jesus. I'm on your side. I'm with you all the way. He made a grand statement. He said, I'll never fail you, my friend, no matter what. And he was a broken person at this time because he failed Jesus. Have you ever been in that situation? Have you ever ever been a broken person? Felt like you're flawed beyond help? There's that sense of conviction you get sometimes when you say, God, I've failed you. I've fallen short. I'm I'm not the person I profess to be. And there's that sense of conviction that keeps you up at night and makes you know, God lets you know that you've made a mistake. This reality was on Peter's mind. It was on his mind. It's a reality we, we become aware of in our lives as well. It becomes aware in us as well many times when we fail. We have grand expectations. We have high expectations, grand intentions, things we're going to do, things we're going to accomplish for the kingdom. We're going to do great things. We have visions of nobility and courage and heroism. It's going to be this way, and I'm going to be a noble Christian in our walk with Christ, only to find out we aren't as noble or courageous or heroic as we thought we were. were. We're broken when we discover we're not who we thought we were. When I was a youth minister 100 years ago, I took kids to the North Carolina Baptist Assembly at The Caswell was there back in those days. This was in the days when they had screens on the windows, and and uh, you had to open the windows, and the screens were torn, and the flies got in, and it was unair conditioned and it was, it was, it was a rough place. But there was an unspoken process at Caswell that comes about. It's kind of unspoken, but it happens during the week. Nicole, you haven't experienced this, because we have a great youth group that never makes any mistakes. First of the week, young people set goals. First of the week, young people have set goals Adult chaperones have high expectations. This is going to be quite a week. This is going to be a wonderful week. We're going to find Jesus this week. It's going to be great. I'm going to get my life right with Jesus. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be a great week. Early morning prayer times. I'll get up early in the morning, four o'clock, and I'm going to sit with Jesus and talk to Him and read my Bible and listen to Him. Like Jesus on the lakeside or by the mountain. He's going to do that. We're going to do that. Silent times of prayer. Praying and sharing Jesus with friends. We're going to have testimony time. Do some wonderful things. I'm going to run every morning. That was a big thing for young people. I'm going to start my exercise routine while I'm at casual. I'm going to run every morning at 5 o'clock. Did you have those? I did. 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to start running. Get my physical body in shape. About midweek, it happens. There have been a couple of youth spats. Youth spats. Little conflicts. That doesn't happen in our youth group, does it? They have little little, little things go on. A miscommunication between adults may happen. That sometimes happens most of the kids can't find their bibles they're looking for them they're running out of underwear and money (laughs) and the last thing they want to do is stay up all night and then run the next morning at five o'clock it's over with it's done but we never packed it in and went home we never did that i didn't say okay we're going home you didn't live up to expectations we're going to the house we're going home but we carried on and by friday a wonderful transformation occurs the air is cleared after the big youth group. Blow up. Eventually the little spat grows into a blow-up and you have to choose sides, and you have this side and that side. It gets ugly. But the air is cleared up after the big youth group devotional that night. The chaperones are not seen as terrible adults anymore. The church group devotion is a time of forgiveness and redemption. It's a wonderful time. We love everybody again. We love everybody again. And Saturday morning we leave the camp experience, different people, tired but renewed. We love Jesus. We love the faulty youth group. We love those adults who we think are okay now. It's a great transformation. Because we stuck it out, we stayed there, even in the midst of all that. Now, y'all don't start getting ideas when you go to Casual this year and say we've got to, we've got to get, make it ugly during the week. Don't do that. But uh, that's the way it happened with me. Our lives are a lot like this. Our lives are a lot like this. We have great intentions we have great, great things we're going to accomplish for the kingdom. We're going to do some wonderful things. But we fail and we, we forget we are forgiven. We forget that we're forgiven. As Peter was forgiven, we need to be realized we are forgiven. We need to realize we get, we're forgiven. We don't pack it in and go back where we came from. We keep pressing on. We keep going ahead. We often quote John 3.16. That pivotal passage of scripture that's so important in our faith. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. But if you heard verse 17, write this down in your Bible. Verse 17, indeed, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. A light bulb should go off. God's not out to get you. He's not waiting for you to make a mistake. He's not saying, okay, I got that one down. You're up the creek now. It's over with. Peter made mistakes. We make mistakes. But Jesus, God in the flesh, did not see Him nor does He see us as permanently flawed. We're not permanently flawed people. We're not unforgivable. We're not without hope. There's hope. And that's what verse 17 tells us. God came to save the world. Sent Jesus Christ to save and redeem the world. He saw Peter and he sees us as worthy of redemption and forgiveness. A fresh start in a new life. There's something to be said about a fresh start. Being able to start over again. How many of y'all have messed up before and just love the fresh start. God, you forgive me, it's time to go. Let's move on. You like that? That's a great feeling. Maybe some of you have never messed up, but I have. Sometimes I mess up in a very public way. But God gives me a fresh start. He gives you a fresh start, a new life. You can start over again. Plain and simple, God's not out to get you. God's not out to get you. He wants to redeem, save you, and give you a fresh start. Which brings us to point number two. Peter had to accept the forgiveness, mercy, and grace of God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. He had to accept it. Do you have a hard time accepting things like that? It can't be that free. It can't be just something as simple as that. Surely I need to go do something. I need to go waller in the dirt or something and, you know, stick, sticks up under my fingernails to punish myself or something. You know, I need to do something. But he says it's free. You have free forgiveness. It's there. He offers it to you. Do you accept it? are you expecting to pay him something for it? God of the flesh, Jesus Christ, offers forgiveness. Peter accepted it. Peter accepted it. Will you? Are you thinking you're too bad? You've done too much? Have you done too much? Have you been too unfaithful? Have people seen you being human? Acting like a regular human being, an unredeemed person. And maybe, maybe I'm not worthy of this but He forgives you. Maybe you feel like you've been too unfaithful, but you have not. Simply say, thank you God for the tremendous grace you offer. Thank you for the forgiveness. Thank you for the mercy. And then go and do likewise to others. Offer the same thing to others, but realizing that God is merciful toward you and me. Accept the clean slate, the new life, the fresh start that Jesus offers. Accept it. It's hard to do, but you can do it. You can do it today. After Peter acknowledged the reality of his condition that he was a broken person, we have to do that. He accepted the redemption, the redemption Christ gave him. He then had to accept the responsibilities involved in following Christ. There is responsibility in following Christ. You've got, you've got a job to do. You have a purpose. He gives you a purpose and a goal. He told Peter, shepherd the sheep and lambs of God. Shepherd the sheep and lambs of God. Serve and love and care for God's people. And eventually he called him to sacrifice for the kingdom. Eventually called him sacrifice, giving his life. Tradition has it, church tradition has it that he was crucified upside down because he didn't feel he was worthy to be crucified like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Crucified upside down. He was called to sacrifice. It would be a painful, humiliating death. He calls us to a life of service and sacrifice. Life of service and sacrifice. He calls you to serve. Are you serving? you've been redeemed, have you, are you serving now? Are you serving him? And he even calls us to sacrifice. Not many of you will probably be crucified somewhere, but you could have some struggles along the way because it's not always easy being a Christian in the world today. He calls us to live a life of service and sacrifice. It'll not be easy. Sometimes we have to give till it hurts, till it hurts. But the reward of following Jesus are well worth it. They're well worth it. First, there's forgiveness. We don't have to carry around all that burden of sin that we have. He forgives you. Can you accept that forgiveness? Forgiveness. We don't carry around with us anymore. We're forgiven. Next, there's strength and power provided to confront every day boldly and make a difference. Is the world tough out there? I don't know. I'm stuck behind this stained glass. I don't know what it's like out there sometimes. But you're in the world. It's tough. When folks see me, they shut down. They go, he's a preacher, but I tell them what's going on. But you live a tough life out there. It's tough out there. It'll not be easy. You need strength. You need patience. You need courage. And God gives that in Jesus Christ to confront every day boldly and make a difference in life and in the world. There's a lot to be done. And finally... We don't want to be too heavenly minded that we don't want to do any earthly good, but there's a place waiting for us. It's called heaven. It's a wonderful place. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be a wonderful place. That's in our future. But that's from the future. We have work to be done now, but in the future there's heaven. Does the call of God make sense to you? Does the call of God make sense to you? There's a lot of stuff we talk about on Sundays or any time during the week when we're talking to folks, but it makes sense? The call of God. That He calls fallible human beings like us. He does that. He calls you. He has a purpose for you. The question is, is God speaking to you today? Has He revealed something to you today in the music, or in the sermon, or in the scripture? Has He said something to you today? Perhaps He's saying it's time to follow. It's time to follow. Like Peter, we can say yes. Yes. And we can follow jesus today no process there just say i'll follow and let him teach you along the way as you go there's ministry and service to be rendered out in the world after the crisis let's pray together father many of us go through crisis times in our lives times when we're not who we thought we were times when we realize that we weren't the, didn't have the strength and courage we thought we had times when we fail you but god you redeem us you're merciful and you forgive us and you give us a purpose That purpose is to be Jesus Christ in the world. I pray that we'll do just that. I pray that you'll convict us today, Father, of our need to do that. I pray that you'll convict us of our need to make that decision to follow you. Perhaps there's someone here today or someone who's listening today who has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Father, how important that is to take that first step, to accept him and his wonderful gift to us in Jesus. Father. Perhaps there's someone here today who's not following me as closely as we need to be. And that's uh, all of us at many times. We have those times in our lives where we ebb and flow and go up and down in our faith. But Father, I pray that you'll help us to, to look to you, to seek the forgiveness and to be the people you'd have us to be. Father, perhaps there's someone looking for a church home. If this is the place, Father, I pray that we'll make them welcome, make them family, that this is the place they can worship and serve. But Father, you give us a purpose and help us to fulfill that purpose. Show us the way today. Redeem us, Father. We're imperfect people searching for you, and you will redeem. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen.
1: Congregation, would you stand as we prepare for our benediction? It is so wonderful to see all of you here. I see faces that I've not seen since last year, I feel like, in church, so it's wonderful to see some of you here this morning. Um, Your Deacon of the Week is Jeannie Price, so if you have any needs or concerns and you can't reach somebody at the office, feel free to call Jeannie. Um, Next week is our Commitment Sunday. We hope you're here. We're excited to join with those who are committing in various ways to our church or to God. Um, Would you join me as we pray before we depart? God, we thank you for the chance to worship together. And God, we thank you for all the avenues in which we've been able to find ways to worship. God, for those who are able to be here, and God, for those who are able to find ways to worship with us online. God, thank you that no matter where we are, as we worship you, you meet us there. God, as we go throughout this week, God, may we choose and strive to give our lives to you, God, no matter how you may choose to use us, in whatever ways you may choose, God, may we be willing to trust you with our lives and commit ourselves to you. God, we thank you for your faithfulness and for your love for us. Even when we fail you, God, even when we fall short, God, thank you for your love for us and thank you for demonstrating that through your son, Jesus. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday.